schneller, schneller als gedacht. Abrupt climate change and the consequences for us and other living beings on our Earth. No one should be alone in the greatest challenge of our time. I'm back again. Episode 11 about a grief ritual in an African village with Sobon Fuzumi. In January 2017, I got the disconcerting message that Sobon Fuzumi died on January the 15th in her home village in Burkina Faso. I'm so sad about that and at the same time glad for the opportunity to get to know her. I dedicate this podcast episode to the wonderful Sobon Fuzumi. Thanks to Lisa White for her support and to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. In mid-November last year, for a long weekend, I went to an African village accompanied by my daughter to participate in a grief ritual with Sobon Fuzumi. Okay, I've never been to Africa and have never gone beyond Europe's borders at least physically. To start again. In mid-November last year, I participated in a ritual workshop with the great Sobon Fuzume from Burkina Faso. About 130 people had gathered for a workshop entitled Trauer loslassen und Lebenskraft freisetzen. English, letting go grief and releasing vital energy. I was not unprepared because a year before I had already participated in such a grief ritual accompanied by the twin sister. It took place again in the middle of the agricultural Lower Saxony in Lebensgarten Steierberg and not in Africa. Sobonfo on her website sobonfo.com There is a deep longing among people in the West to connect with something bigger, with community and spirit. People know there is something missing in their lives and believe that the rituals and ancient ways of the village offer some answers. These are the simple yet deeply poignant words of author, teacher and activist Sobon Fuzumi, one of the foremost voices in African spirituality to come to West. Destined from birth to teach the ancient wisdom, ritual and practices of her ancestors to those in the West, Subonfu, whose name means Keeper of the Rituals, travels the world on a healing mission, sharing the rich spiritual life and culture of her native land Burkina Faso, which ranks as one of the world's poorest countries, yet one of the richest in spiritual life and custom. Unquote. What for God's sake made me want to participate in such an event, involuntarily and even with anticipation? In early 2014 I stumbled upon the emeritus biology professor Guy McPherson. In an interview with Janaya Donaldson of Peak Moment TV, he explained in his incredible, friendly way the extinction of the human species in even a lifetime. Janae was visibly touched in this conversation, and in the end both of them sat with tears in their eyes. So did I. Since then, hardly a day has passed when I'm not concerned with abrupt climate change, the breakdown of the biosphere, the sixth mass extinction of the Earth's history. We are right in the middle. This is really a big thing. 
and it triggers a cascade of emotions such as sadness, consternation, anger, depression, etc. And there is a concept that summarizes all these reactions, grief. In the US, Carolyn Baker is regarded as the expert in the emotional handling of collapse situations. And Francis Weller is the expert in dealing deeply with grief. Both are familiar with the work of Sorbonne Fosumé and regularly offer grief rituals and workshops. And lo and behold, in 2015 I came across a workshop with Sorbonne Fosumé in Germany. Children have been expressly welcomed to this grief ritual. On the website of trauerundkraft.org, in the tradition of Dagara, children are part of all rituals. In recent years, we have also had very good experiences in Germany. For us Western-influenced people, it was surprising at first how positive the children react to the actual grief ritual, although it is very intensive. Even in the little ones, the relief is immediately felt when the big ones have the space to let go. Unquote. So Bonfu writes in The Gift of Happiness, this is retranslated by me from German to English because I only have a German version of this book. I hope it's all right or at least within the meaning of Subonfu. Children should never be excluded from rituals. With children, the simplest and most lively rituals are possible. With their presence, everything changes. What you do wrong becomes right. It is in the nature of children to be ritual. It is enough to gather them, to call the spiritual forces, to explain your goal, and to organize a procession. They proceed and you follow them. This is perfectly fine, because all the sincerity and purity that you are going to advance will heal you from any filth and any criticism and negativity that you have in yourself. They are so powerful. Unquote. Wow! I had not read that before when I first participated. I can confirm, however, that this respectful attitude towards the children could be seen and felt. We Westerners need tutoring, also from our children. On Thursday evening it started with a joint dinner. Some faces were familiar to me from last year, some friendly greetings. It was a crowd of people. Then gathering in the ritual room, it became clear that it had become even fuller with 130 participants. I believe the children had not been counted yet. This triggered my shyness and observant restraint. Through songs, short exchange with the neighbor and greetings, I soon found myself in a more intimate atmosphere. Especially impressive was this circle. My name is Wolfgang, and... Welcome, Wolfgang, from 130 throats until everyone in the room was greeted. Now we were the village for the next days. After forming three groups and ritual invocations of the elements and ancestors, we have built three huge altars. On the front was a huge black, dark blue triangle with a semicircle of dark cloth and stones, the grief altar black hole in which we can send our pain. On the left side, the ancestral altar was decorated in red tones, 
with candles, flowers and pictures or objects that remind us of our ancestors. So Bonfu in The Gift of Happiness. When we speak of connecting with the mind of the ancestors, many assume that we mean our immediate ancestors. But it is more complicated. Many of us do not even know our grandfathers. But there is something like the gathering place of the ancestors. We do not have to refer to persons or spirits that we know or can imagine. It can be the tree out there. It can be the cows on the meadow or your dog or your cat at home. It may be that your great-grandfather, who died many generations ago, is somewhere in the great ensemble of the ancestors, but you do not recognize him again. Probably he is the stream that flows down there. Therefore it is important to understand that every person who has no physical body is potentially an ancestor or an ancestress. And if you express your desire for support from the ancestors, it will attempt many spiritual beings. Unquote. To the right we had built an altar for self-forgiveness in blue and green tones. Pictures, small statues, objects were placed there, which help us to come to terms with ourselves. Self-forgiveness may sound complicated. For example, if we grieve the loss of a parent, we may have neglected to express our love adequately. At this altar, we can first be mild and gracious with ourselves. I brought along a small Buddha statue and a little ribbon consecrated by the Dalai Lama and my daughter a figure of Master Yoda from Star Wars to have wisdom aboard. With an armchair for Sabonfu and seats for drummers, and in front of that, towards the grief altar, mats and seat cushions, our village was built now. During the break everyone prepared a little bit of a bunch of stuff, for each grief theme a little branch or other compostable materials, so that they could be charged with grief and laced into a small bundle, one part for everything that is not yet conscious, that wants to show up. After ritual invocations, requests for support from the spirits and ancestors, the grief objects were amassed in the middle of the grief altar to a small mound. The altar was sealed with ashes and no one should cross the border under any circumstances. This should be the place of our sorrow and pain for the next days. We began singing songs again and again, and the drum set in. I had wished to drum with my djembe from the very beginning. Now I sat there, and a simple penetrating, somehow driving rhythm turned his cycles. Immediately people went to the altar, always accompanied by supporters who showed with hand signals that they accompany. On each side two guards watched that no one remains alone, and if necessary someone from the village came at once. No one should be alone in grieving. Wailing, howling, sobbing, screaming, whining, shrieking interweaved the sound of the drums and singing, always there, always repeating during the grief session. After I had drummed about an hour, my sense of time was blurry, I went toward the grief altar. I had a subject in mind that my parents' house, where I was born, had been sold in the summer after the death of my parents. 
this has been relief as well, but now I realized that I have no longer place of my memories, good and bad, at least no more easily accessible. Again, I leave a part of my life, my childhood, behind me. Sitting in front and knowing someone behind me, the grieving began in the right leg to shake out of my body in ascending waves. Wave after wave until finally restfulness came into my body. I hugged my companion, went backwards, wiped my eyes and nose, drank some water and then went back to sing, to accompany others to drum or go to the front for another round. I really do not know, but I think we had these sessions for two or three hours. Then the drums stopped, and soon the singing. But those who were still in the process of grieving could stay or go to the altar during the break, or at night, and let it flow. Grief about my father appeared when I was sitting at the Ancestral altar and watched his photo. He had died six years ago. In the process of grieving, the word Papa came into my mind, as I had never called him. He had not really been Papa for me, because he was so busy, always on the move, probably to keep war memories and a lost youth out of awareness. And then I went forward with a huge thing, the dying, crashing biosphere of our planet, on Saturday I was not aware of the issues at the three grief sessions. Then pain, grief, anger have simply shaken out of my body. I became shaken to the core, literally. Our small group had become accustomed to listening to each other, not to draw off the attention by questions, interpretations or offers to help. On Saturday morning I dared to address this grief theme, the dying planet. I just wanted space and attention for what I was deeply concerned about in this grief process. I assume that 99.99% of people do not want to hear about the fact that within a few years more complex forms of life such as mammals, reptiles or birds will no longer have habitat, no basis for life, even humans. Like this I could express it in the small group. It was important to me to talk about that in a friendly environment, even if the others have a completely different view. In the grief ritual I was able to let my grief and rage out that we were ignored with this Cassandra message, often quickly and easily snubbed. What remained after that was exhaustion and a slight headache, but also a light mood, relief and a relaxed body. Certainly you could read that from my face. The grief ritual sessions ended with a final sprint on Sunday morning. The drums stopped, the singing fell silent. After prayers, invocations, blessings and throwing ashes, Two people from our village gathered the grief bundles in the cloth underneath, carried it out, really nobody should come into contact with it, and buried it in the forest. After cleansing from head to toe, they were ma massaged and caressed by many hands from the village, in honor and in thanks. 
This was the beginning of a series of appreciations of all who were so important to our ritual. The elders, the children, the drummers, the team who had prepared and performed the workshop, of course Subonfu, and, not least, the kitchen crew, their hands were blessed by the elders. Finally, the elders entered the circle and the parents were invited to go along with their children so that they could hear good supporting words and to be honored. Even those who have lost a child or a child who has not come to the world could receive this for their children. I have accompanied my daughter, laid my hand on her shoulder and my tears flowed while she heard the treasured words. Her tears also began to flow, and the tears of a man by our side who had come to an elder without a child. For me these were tears of emotion. That was a feeling of resonating with an open heart and after all these intense purification processes. After dismantling the altars, after tidying up and lunching and farewells, this African village disappeared again. It took some energy and concentration to bring us back home in the car. With the many people who were driving across the highway, I thought, shaking my head, that most of them likely never have made such experiences in their lives. What a blessing that I have taken part in a grief ritual with Subonfu for the second time. At home, with a severe cold, I still had to let out snot and mucus from my body. It was also announced that the body is further operating these processes in this or a similar way. And drink, drink, drink. For the Dagara there is no distinction between individual and collective grief. Therefore it is not like we usually do it in our Western culture that we draw back to a private place of silence to fall into the depths of our grief and to reappear at any time. We need each other, especially in the case of shocks such as climate catastrophe, which we can no longer take individually with our Western eyes. We are all in one boat anyway, and in this common boat it plays a big role how far we manage to deal with decency, goodness, warmth and affection. I so much wish to have a culture where we get together in every city and have such great rituals at least once a year to let go of grief and release vitality. Now I would like to close with a quotation from Francis Weller, the American grief expert. He has such a poetic and touching language. In Entering the Healing Ground Grief offers a wild alchemy that transmutes suffering into fertile ground. We are made real and tangible by the experience of sorrow, adding substance and weight to our world. Beyond the crazed hunger in our culture to be exceptional and special, loss and sorrow wear away whatever masks we attempt to the world. In truth, Without some familiarity with sorrow, we do not major as men and women. It is the broken heart that knows sorrow that is also capable of genuine love. 
The heart familiar with loss is able to recognize a still deeper grief, a sadness at the very heart of things that binds us with the world. End quote. Dear Zobonfu, goodbye and farewell. Live well in what form or ever. Thank you so much for all you have given, so generously. And thank you for being you, with your smile, your humorous bright eyes, with so much compassion. Bye. Schneller, Schneller als gedacht. Als gedacht. Many thanks to Zobonfu Zumi, to Elke and Judith, and all the others who made this wonderful experience possible. Thanks to Lisa White for her support and to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube.